0: Hi guys, this is Comics Therapy episode 75, and before we get started with this week's show, I just wanted to take a second to let you know that we didn't actually get around to talking about comics this week. Oh, we talked about comics, like capital C comics, the industry, but that's because Erin brought the capital D drama to the internet last week, if you didn't already know that. So even though you hear us mention two books in the intro, we don't actually discuss them. We may do that next week We may just skip it. You should check them out on your own, though. And either way, here is Comics Therapy, episode 75.
1: This is Comics Therapy, Episode 75. No reviews, just analysis. I'm Aaron Myers, and my co-host as always is Andrea Shockling. Up this week, two comics from February 25th, 2015, They're Not Like Us, number three, and Gotham Academy, number five. In between segments, listen to another second opinion, and as a reminder, we never do reviews, but we do talk a lot, so there may be spoilers ahead.
0: Welcome to Comics Therapy. Neither Aaron nor I are licensed therapists, so don't take anything we say seriously. This week's theme is... Ugh, fuck it. It was supposed to be superheroes and second base, but then Aaron went and had a conniption on the internet, and then this morning Leonard Nimoy died, and I don't know anymore what we're going to talk about. It might be comics. It might be not comics. I mean, more so than usual. There you go. Hmm.
1: I, I don't think it's fair to disparage me that way.
0: You mean about you having a breakdown? Yeah, online. conniption
1: is is an unfair uh, description.
0: Am I am I showing my bias? Is it, is this about ethics in journalism? About comics journalism?
1: I think so. Okay. It, this goes deep. This is layered now.
0: Got it. This is gonna be. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what this is gonna be, but it's gonna be something.
1: It won't be good. Each episode, in between comic segments, you'll hear one listener answering a series of questions, sharing his or her favorite comics, creators, and more. We call it A Second Opinion. If you'd like to play along at home, you can leave your own response for us to use on a future show. The prompts are on the website, comicstherapy.com, and you can call, Skype, or email your mb3 to us. Remember to read Comics Responsibly, kids, and always get a second opinion.
0: In between shows, you can find me on Twitter, at Andrea Shock. And unless you live under a rock, you know that this guy, at Aaron Myers, he, he kind of he had a meltdown on the internet, on Twitter, oh my last God. night. That and is this ridiculous. Morning. And you could follow him, too. Or you could read about the rest of us who follow him and bicker with him. And, yeah. Uh, the show account is at Comics Therapy. How are you, Aaron Myers?
1: I'm fine. That was not a meltdown. I put out one tweet.
0: You did. And then, well, (laughs) what happened? Other
1: people put out 500 tweets. That's not meme having a meltdown. That's everyone else having a meltdown. Mm.
0: Do you remember what the very first thing was that you said that started this?
1: No. Do you?
0: I do. But, and I, I was going to approach it by giving that specific context. But at this point with like the fleeting nature that is Twitter, specifically on the internet,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and the restatements and clarifications and, and actual legitimate back and forth that has taken place in the, what, 14 hours or 16 or so since you dropped that bomb?
1: Was uh, <laughs> that a bomb?
0: It was. And here's one of the things that happened. Okay. okay? Aaron went online and said... In a nutshell, that there is no legitimate comics criticism taking place, and that reviews are unnecessary. Everyone is a fanboy, no, and no, that's great. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to start by saying how I interpreted it, and then you're going to give me... Yeah. Because <laughs> that that's... is not
1: what I said. <laughs>
0: oh, but but it is. And that's one of the beautiful things that happened, is that everyone took your statement to heart in their own way, and that's why <laughs> everyone was so upset. Okay right? So there's no room for comics criticism because the industry is so small, says Aaron, and that reviews aren't reviews because they are too too subjective. They are being written by individuals who are trying to break into the industry. They represent relationships with creators and publishers, and therefore it's a matter of integrity. And I guess the last point that you were making is that it's okay to just be a fanboy as long as you're acknowledging that that's all you're doing. Don't call it a review if that's not what you're doing. Yeah.
1: Some of that is correct. Yes. Okay.
0: Frame it up for me.
1: So what I said, with a with a nice typo in the beginning, is I'm all in for I'm all for cheerleading. I love it. Let's admit comics reviews are a useless joke. Maybe that line is a little uh, inciting. <laughs> the community is too small for real literary criticism. Okay. Couple things. I understand that literary criticism and review are two separate things. However, I feel that reviews employ aspects of literary criticism, so we can get past that.
0: Oh no no no, we get we're gonna we're gonna spend a long long time on that one.
1: Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Looking forward to it. Keep going. Um, they are a joke not that people are not capable of doing good reviews. They're a joke because of how the community and comics are so small the majority of people who write reviews have aspirations to be creators themselves or are entwined with creators and publishers to the point that they cannot have, have integrity or separation from that which they are reviewing.
0: Okay. Anything so that, else?
1: Um, that's it for now. I'm sure okay. more will come out as we talk.
0: I was trying to to break this down into your actual various points, because I think that part of the problem, reading through everything last night and this morning, is that there were about four different arguments taking place with a lot of overlap, but at the same time, they are distinct. There are distinct solutions or at least distinct situations that need to be acknowledged with each of those arguments. Okay. So the, the first point about, and you backed away from this because like, I know you, you talk in hyperbole about as much as I do. And so you saying no to any kind of comics criticism ever was sort of a specifically over-exaggerated point. Of course. Of course. That there is really phenomenal criticism being written. In fact, one of your objections is that it's not being recognized. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Sure. Yes, there are there great people doing great work that no one reads.
0: Okay. So that's kind of like a a a side not necessarily argument but side point to acknowledge that that you're not <laughs> you're not uh you're not here to say that there really is no use for literary criticism in comics just that that there is too much of an overlap between what people call reviews and what they call criticism, and then you add in, like, this sense of journalistic integrity, blah, 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 like, layer on top of that. So some of this was semantics, and I just kind of want to tease, tease that out so that, like, our vocabulary is the same. Sure. Okay. But part of it was also the recognition component, that that the really fantastic criticism that is taking place is not being done by the larger sites, because... My interpretation of your argument last night and this morning was that those sites have too strong of a, of a necessary relationship with the publishers because of revenue, because of advertising, because of the number of clicks that they get, and that it's kind of the nature of the beast. Therefore, you can't expect a large site to be capable of regularly producing intensive criticism because they have a different agenda. Yes? Is that
1: Yes, and also when we saying? talk about large sites, they're still relatively small sites, you know, in the grand scheme of things, too. But well, like lar- large in the comics world is still fairly small, which is the problem with this sort of insular community.
0: But we have to talk about this in terms of just the comics world, because
1: That's fine. if you
0: try to make a, a broader comparison to, like, the entire Internet, you're constantly going to be reminding yourself that we're talking about, and we've discussed this before, we're talking about, like... Thousands of people. We're not talking about millions of people. Sure, right. Okay, okay. I guess the other point that you were harping on was, and and this was a
1: your terminology is terrible. I wasn't harping. All I did was all <laughs> How I did was ironic spend... is it
0: that I'm trying to reframe the shit that you were saying because your terminology was terrible.
1: But Fine. I just, yeah, but. <laughs> to be to be clear, I didn't go on a stream tirade of tweets, and like this wasn't my like I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore moment. I just no, I just threw something I read out you there. Was
0: being really frustrated and kind of bummed out, not mad.
1: Sure, yeah, but it wasn't over one thing. It's no. over something that, and if you come clean, this is something we you and I and and friends of ours talk about in hushed tones all the time.
0: Absolutely. It's not about coming clean, Erin. This conversation has been ongoing. It needs to happen. It's been started and stopped and started on, and stopped on a number of occasions. I was a little taken aback <laughs> because... I thought that you were unnecessarily harsh at times, but that's also because I know you and I like know that that's kind of your approach to stuff. And I don't think that everybody reading what you were saying was looking at it with the same like Aaron Myers lens. Hmm. So Twitter sucks for this kind of conversation, but Cameron Williams, a friend of ours, right, made the point that there's not necessarily another forum that's as public and as open for this kind of discussion either. So sure. it's a really imperfect like method of of a really important conversation that has to take place. Okay. I agree with some of what you said, by the way. And okay. as you put it, we've had this conversation for a long time, like way over a year. It's just not... Just going back to, like, the various tenets of your arguments and the solutions or situations, like, it's multifaceted. Mm -hmm. There are many, many people involved with many different roles. There are huge media conglomerates, and then there are small little tiny sites, and everybody's got an opinion. That's That's sort of the situation. But it is a bummer because there is a consistent problem that, like, I don't know shouldn't be that hard to get out in the open in terms of addressing i want to say just like one more thing about this well lots more things right uh about the issue of speaking subjectively versus objectively in a review or in a piece of criticism but before i do that can you can you explain your viewpoint on that so that i understand Mm -hmm. your point of view
1: Okay, help me frame it better. What, my, my viewpoint on what?
0: On you, you talked a lot about what a review should be and what a piece of, of literary criticism could consist of. I don't want this to turn into an argument about semantics, but I don't think that you and I agree on the definitions.
1: Here are some thoughts on what a good review should consist of. So, the bedrock is the reviewer themselves, right? Yes, the motivations of that reviewer okay. so the I guess the launch pad in which the ship of the review takes off from
0: <laughs> okay. needs to
1: be a solid foundation, or the mission is compromised.
0: That was a beautiful analogy.
1: Thank you. So do you know what you know what I mean by that if If you are someone who is writing reviews for a site. And either the site themselves or you as a reviewer have other agendas that conflict with you objectively reading a book and delivering either an opinionated or a factual analysis of that book and rendering a verdict upon it. What you have to say holds no merit.
0: Okay, you clarified something in that last statement that that is promising. Like, maybe we do see closer to eye-to-eye on this than I initially thought. It sounds like you have a, a, a very strong issue with with reviewers or critics who are also trying to be creators. Yeah?
1: Um, trying to be creators, or who have ties to the creators they're reviewing.
0: Aaron, what? that's really difficult to avoid.
1: Doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't change the... Change, I understand this is a difficult situation and this is why (laughs) it's such as a small community reviews are kind of pointless because it is very hard to avoid, especially as you get more established. Right.
0: Okay. Pause that for a second. What is the goal of a, of a review of a, of an online review of a comic of a single issue comic? What's the goal?
1: The goal is to tell your readership if the quality and execution of this book is something worthwhile for the readership to buy, to spend their money on. Because you're context? you're you're being you're being the gatekeeper for your readership. They are looking at a review in in theory, they're looking at the review and is this something I should get? What did this person think of this book? And do I trust their opinion?
0: Okay okay. But is the context then then the context that is important to pass on to readers is that of the reviewer himself or herself.
1: Sure. I mean there there is a trust relationship that builds up between you know people who do reviews and their readership as well.
0: Okay. So let's even though I said not to, let's step outside of comics for a minute. Okay. And look at a couple of industries with like a, a a storied history of really intelligent criticism of the medium. Uh, like film, it took a while, but like film has there's there's precedent there for like really great criticism that has taken place over the years.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Why
0: can't that same model be adapted for comics?
1: I don't see why I can't.
0: Okay. But you don't and, see it being I, done? And I
1: think I think some people are doing it. I just don't I don't think the sites that get the eyes, that that get the access, and that get the clicks, you know, are employing those sort of credit um, of critical models to them.
0: Okay, so going back to film, that is taking place. Who who's the audience for that kind of like academic film
1: review? Yeah, other academics, in, in that regard,
0: is there an equivalent in film to the? quick pat on the back kinds of reviews that take place in comics
1: um, wouldn't you say like now in film it's more crowdsourced things like like people go look to see what like Rotten Tomato says
0: So it is a very you can make an analogy from one industry to another that that the same kinds of really fantastic critical analysis of film, that is read by a niche audience is happening in comics. It's just also read by a niche audience. And that's not necessarily the way that everybody wants to engage with their books. Yes or no?
1: Sure. So are, you, so are you proposing that we move to a more crowdsourced model, which I guess we already have?
0: I'm saying that that model already exists. So what you just described that you were saying was something that was ideal and that like could take place is kind of already in effect, it's not the whole picture, but that like the basic structure for for a niche audience that is reading and producing literary criticism of comics as a medium already exists. and the the readership for that that type of writing and that type of analysis already exists too. It can be grown, but doesn't not exist. Sure,
1: that's fine. Therefore yeah.
0: not useless, therefore not something to be dismissed. I wouldn't that consider was, that that, was re- being that would not be hyperbolic. the review
1: community though. I mean, yes, I guess I lumped literary criticism in in that. I would take criticism out, you know, now giving a giving a chance to revise.
0: <laughs> Good. that's what I'm allowing you to do. Okay. This is your revision.
1: But okay, but so then now, let's but get back reviews to the reviewing. Aside, part. Sure.
0: Like just the reviewing part cuz cuz mm-hmm. the the criticism is happening and it's fucking genius and we are we are aware of it and like more people should read it and you know, yay. But the reviewing part, let's go back to that. What do you, what do you not see happening with comics reviews? But like, what should happen? Who's the, who's the audience for comics
1: reviews? Comics readers.
0: Really? Really. Be honest. Do you know anybody who regularly reads other comics reviews?
1: No, because they suck.
0: Is it because they suck? Or is it because There's not really a need for, with general readership, a review of a single issue week in and week out. Um, It becomes redundant.
1: You're talking about a... I don't know. There are people that look to, to sites to see what, and you know what they look to, though? They look to see what score a comic got, and they decide whether they're going to pick it up or not.
0: I don't know anyone who reads comics like that. I'm sure that there are, and that's part of the nature of like the people who I discuss comics with, they read a lot of stuff and they read a bunch of different stuff. So I would love to speak to a reader who reads reviews first or checks out, uh, some sort of, I I guess like list of grades of various issues and then decides that they will or will not read a certain storyline because of the way that it was graded by uh, you know, a bunch of blogs on the internet.
1: Oh, yes, it matters for sure. It's okay. just not the people you're talking to. Okay. And it, and, it, and, it, and this isn't like, this has nothing to do like with a pat on the back or anything like that. But I'd say the people that follow me and engage with me on Twitter are are somewhat, you know, besides the overlap of kind of our friends is is a different group of people. Are and they
0: more casual readers? Is that the difference?
1: Not even casual readers, just... They don't have access to review copies like many of, you know, because you talk to a lot of people and I talk to a lot of people that are sort of either on the reviewer side or industry side and they don't have to pay for books like somebody who's just, you know, a fan of comics.
0: Okay. That's a situational bias that has to be acknowledged. But that's why I'm curious about what, what what does an average reader do if he or she is not also... Interested in making comics and also interested in writing about comics, but just wants to read more. What what are what kinds of resources are they tapping into on a regular basis? Are they reading regular reviews? Are they reading longer, like literary? They are no.
1: They're looking. They're looking online at the bigger sites like IGN or CBR or Comics Alliance or Newsarama or Multiversity, like those. Those kind of the big the big sites, they're looking to see what score that comic gets for the sites that give scores. And most of them, you know, are looking for those scores. And that's always been a problem with sites. Like, being able to accurately score a book and not alienate a readership is a debate that goes on a lot. Like, there, I... there's inflation in scores because of people seeing a 7 and thinking that the comic sucks.
0: I really... I wanna I wanna have a, a conversation with as many of these readers as I have access to. Like if if you if you're listening to the show and this, this this description fits you, like find me on the internet because I wanna pick your brain. It's just so foreign to me to look at reading comics in that way. And maybe it's because when I started reading comics, the internet wasn't the accessible forum that it is right now for discussing comics. That just seems like a weird disconnect to me that that would be the reason, but like, I'm not that old, but I can't picture a point where I would pick up single issue comic based on a review, maybe mm. a longer form analysis of like a, um, like a, a graphic novel, maybe certainly I'm aware of books that are published because there's been some, like, writing buzz about them. And so maybe that's how I find out about them. But honestly, more often than that, that's casual word of mouth as well. I I just really, I've been thinking, my response to your whole conniption, there I said it, was to, like, think about, like, who, why does this even matter? Who even is the audience for these reviews that we'll all admit there's a problem with the way that many of them are structured? and the subjectivity is not disclosed, and the connections are not acknowledged. And also the writing, <laughs> in a lot of cases, is really poor. That's a separate problem. But like, who at the end of the day, who are they being written for? What's the goal?
1: It depends. depends on the motivation of the site and, and the, the writer. I mean, I can, I can give you some motivations. I can tell you what some goals are.
0: I know what your cynical goals are and I don't no, disagree with it.
1: It's them. not cynical. I think it's it's an acknowledgement of of where the motivation to do something for free comes from. Because well, then if, you have there's, access if there's to the
0: not for free. You
1: have access you have access to to comics. You have acknowledgement from people you admire and you know and who tell tell you stories you enjoy. Mhm. So I can tell you for for sure, like when I first started getting into comics and like getting into the comics community on Twitter, having a creator respond to you or retweet you or something like that is is thrilling. You know, it's like suddenly like a rock star is like pointing out to you in the crowd.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. yeah. And so
1: so there's a big aspect of it to that. Sure,
0: sure. It's uh, there's a there's an ego part of this that we haven't uh, spelled out. Yeah.
1: I mean, even starting this podcast, when we started getting to interview people, it was like, "Oh my god, we get to talk to this person." Oh,
0: absolutely. I was, I was waiting to to like say hello to the elephant in the room of us talking about all of this. It's like so fucking meta. I can't even deal with it. But it's not
1: because what's our tagline? What was our what was our intention of starting this show?
0: <laughs> no we, reviews, just analysis. Yeah, we're
1: not interested in reviewing books. We're interested because, <laughs> in th-
0: like, have you noticed that it's a. Uh, 33 minutes into this and we haven't mentioned the actual comics yet. Yeah,
1: I don't care about talking about comics this week. It's fine.
0: <laughs> you want to talk about comics but not about comics.
1: I, I want to talk about how we talk about comics because okay. I think it's important. I think there's a huge value in fanboying. I think, you know, I, that's all I do all day long. Like, there's nothing I put on Twitter that's a review.
0: Tell me why there's value in that.
1: Because I'm, I am sharing with people what I like. And whether there's a bias to that, there's absolutely a bias to it. I definitely like things sometimes, and I will say, everyone go out and get this, because I'm friends with that person. But I don't right. stand behind the shield of of saying, I represent, you know, comics therapy organization, and we have, a, you know, we were given a copy of this, and after careful analysis, I feel that you should go and spend your money on this. I'll be like, oh man, this is hella cool. This guy's great. Go buy this.
0: Okay, okay.
1: You know, maybe it's good. You know, it's good. I I rarely, I don't think I'll ever say, go get this to something that is terrible. But Uh, I'll definitely be enthusiastic about things because I like the people who made it.
0: Yeah, I've seen you do that. And we've talked about that offline. That you don't, you're not a good cheerleader for stuff that you don't actually believe in.
1: (laughs) No, it's hard. It's hard for me to, to. You don't lie no but i will I will highlight <laughs> aspects of things that I enjoy
0: yeah absolutely where I might not enjoy the entire
1: package, but there's right. definitely something you can always say something good about something right
0: but you're not placing yourself like you said you're you're not you're not putting yourself out there as as a reviewer you're putting yourself out there as an enthusiast
1: right yeah okay that's that's all i do, and i have no i have no um I have no aspiration to anything else and I don't think I could do it because the problem is, I mean, not that I have, you know, not that it's like, oh, we have all these creator friends, but I do talk to creators online. I do have, you know, a bias now to their works.
0: And you think it is still valuable to be a fanboy and be an enthusiast and share that like very skewed positive opinion because you're very open about the fact that that's all it is you're not trying to be anything other than that
1: i think i'm transparent i'm not presenting myself as one thing and and saying another
0: well you're, you're also not representing a larger media outlet you're like aaron Myers, just the guy sure,
1: so, sure. okay i mean is that incorrect no is that, no, no, is no. that hypocritical i don't think no. it is
0: I want to share something that Cameron said to me this morning, and then he already put it online, but it's just fucking brilliant. Like, he has a way of taking some of these bigger things and putting it into a a nice couple of sentences that I appreciate. The world is made better by people sharing what they love. Art is made better by people sharing what they think. Sure. No, not just sure. Take it in and respond to it, because that, to me is the crux of this argument it is the difference between talking about something with your heart or with your mind
1: um but we're but we're ignoring the frustrating other aspect of it which is because it's not your heart say say you are a reviewer for a major site okay and at the same time you're working on your graphic novel you're going to release next year
0: You're you're conflating some of these various arguments, but
1: go ahead. Well, where where is the impartiality there?
0: There isn't impartiality. Does it matter?
1: I think so. I think it does.
0: Does it matter if you're openly working on another book? What about a number of critics and comics journalists who are simultaneously writing for sites and are also currently publishing their own things? I
1: don't think they should be writing for sites. Why? Because they cannot have, cannot objectively be a reviewer and a creator at the same time.
0: Okay. There's that word again. Maybe reviews aren't objective because surprise, nobody is actually objective. What if you instead embrace your subjectivity? And we've talked about this before. And I had a really fabulous conversation with David Brothers about this last fall about if you look at your subjectivity as your strength then the lens through which you write and your readers read your writing is like by definition much more transparent
1: um here here's an example and it's a podcast example take somebody like ron richards who's you know i I forget his his title now at, at image comics but he was part of iFanboy, one of the biggest sites and biggest comics podcasts. You know, there there was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He resigned from iFanboy when he took his job at Image because it was a conflict of interest.
0: I think that there are more issues at stake there. One Why? is is just a matter of time management. That was
1: what he said when he resigned.
0: But, like like I understand you can't. Mm, that wasn't do... what he
1: said though. Uh,
0: okay, you can't do both. That but that's not a creator conflict of interest. That's a publisher conflict of interest.
1: Sure, sure. There, I think
0: there's a difference. I do. I think that when you're on the on the like administrative side of things, it gets even more murky.
1: So, so you only have to recuse yourself if you're if you're being asked to review something by a publisher you're working for.
0: I definitely think that if you don't disclose that, and if it's not common knowledge, and if maybe you're not actually writing about why your viewpoint is valid because of your relationship with that publisher, then then yes, you have to recuse yourself. But there is something about writing from a specific perspective that is more informed than another. Just maybe it's not a review. Maybe it's an essay instead.
1: Sure, that's fine. And there's room for all of that.
0: When you put a grade at the end, is that what's the difference between an essay and a review for you?
1: No. I mean, there's other structural kind of things that go into the into the difference. But, hey, okay, here here's another ethical question then. You're a reviewer for a site. You write reviews. You make connections with people. You reach out to people because you have an idea for for a comic you want to write. And in the course of your reviewing and interviewing, you've met people that you now want to work with. Okay. Should you continue to review?
0: It's ho- it, honestly, Aaron, it's really hard for me to come up with a reason for why reviews, just single issue reviews, should exist. Like I'm really like I'm struggling a lot with that.
1: Okay, so we could get away from from the people <laughs> who make them and just the, the purpose of what they what what they are. And I do you agree want to broaden because, it? Do you want it no. to be
0: about you shouldn't write about comics anymore? No,
1: I, no, because then you get to say like you shouldn't write about books. I think comics, if anything, need more intelligent review and analysis because okay. they're they're neglected, and it's some of the most interesting writing, you know, happening right now.
0: So but how much? of you, this are right about, about quality. The, then, like, is that what, what you're mostly we, upset can about? Can we
1: go back though? Can we go back to what's what's the purpose of a review?
0: What's the? I don't know. You tell me.
1: The. the there are several things I think reviews are useful for. They drive site traffic, which keeps a site alive. They okay. provide so they are PR for both publishers and the sites themselves. So a positive ten out of ten review that you can tout out there that you could get a pull quote on a trade paperback with your don't eat, with your URL on it is very good for your brand. Okay. So what's the purpose maybe it has nothing to do with literary integrity it is it has everything to do with the business model
0: so it's just a pr machine no
1: but that's a big aspect of it i think that's very important for sites okay otherwise sites would not be putting calls out every week of here's the books coming out who wants to take and do what reviews because we have to cover them all okay and there's a ton of sites that do that I don't, I don't need to hear about all the sites that aren't. I understand there aren't, there are sites that take, and there are blogs that take a very measured and in-depth approach on very specific works that they want to get into. That's where the criticism side comes in.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of really great long-form writing happening. I think that you got some pushback last night and this morning because you were making blanket statements about, Like, it's useless, or it doesn't exist, or what's the point? And and that's what was coming out of frustration and, like, you being you. That people don't necessarily interpret the nuance. That's
1: all. Sure. That's fine.
0: But, like, there is really great criticism being written about all aspects of comics. Mm -hmm. There can always be more. There should be more. It's not as... Widely read, but that goes back to like the point that I made earlier that it it's inaccurate and wildly idealistic to think that you have a a similar audience for that kind of writing than you do for like quick, almost like sound bites across the internet as a whole. No, I agree. I agree. It's
1: It's a different readership.
0: Yeah, yeah. So going back to the the issue, though, of, like, I want to break into comics, and I'm still writing about comics, and, like, I guess I'm, like, pitching. I mean, that's sort of what you're, you're describing, right? Is somebody who is in a situation of writing, pitching, wanting to create, but still writing, and, uh, and, like, how do you walk that line? And if you even should. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know.
0: I, I don't know either, but I can think of examples on both sides that I admire the way that it was handled. Okay. You know, individuals who are aware of their bias and yet still talk about comics with that bias firmly in sight. Mm -hmm. That's why I want to read what they're writing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, if their perspective comes from uh, that of a, of a fanboy or fangirl who is like knowledgeable and wants to share and is also able to kind of paint a bigger picture about some of these stories and characters that I'm not as familiar with, like I'm going to gravitate towards that person's writing. But if they don't acknowledge that bias or if they try to pretend that it's not a thing, uh, that is like a kiss of death for me. I'm just done. I have no respect for you if you're going to pretend to write without acknowledging your subjectivity. I would so much rather that be your voice itself than to like hide behind this really fake veil of objectivity that nobody actually can maintain. Yeah.
1: What else? I, think... I don't know. It's frustrating. I mean, there's there's other things that, that play into this. There's the pressure to inflate scores.
0: Who is putting that pressure out? Uh, Like who's who's doing um,
1: that? From my observation, there's there's several factors. A a mediocre score for a book doesn't drive as many hits as either a low, like a fully negative review with a low score, or a you know, a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten does. Also, if you are a smaller site so this doesn't apply to sites like, you know, Multiversity or CBR or CA. Like, they are they are already part of that industry inner circle. They will get access to what they want, you know, when they want it. But mm-hmm. a site, say, like Comicosity or Comics Bulletin, that is not at that same level, if they are perceived by the industry as putting out hit pieces or not, you know, not fairly or not even fairly like not not promoting books for the not companies not playing the game not playing the game and it's not not the company's fault like i understand if you're like pr director for dc why why would you why would you spend any time on, on a on a site that doesn't promote your books you know so it it becomes necessary for smaller sites to to play that game in order to get access and not to be pushed out Otherwise, you can be a blog that, you know, you promote on your Twitter feed that you get a couple hundred eyes on. And that's fine. I mean, a lot of people just write because they they need to write. You know, that's that's their outlet. They like to, to break down books. And they're happy with the people that look at it or don't look at it. So then that's, that's different answer... than a business, whether it's profitable or not, you know. Right. Any of those sites are still a business, whether it's for fun or, or, or not.
0: And the answer to the question of, like, who is the review for in the case of smaller blogs or individuals who are writing for themselves, I mean, it's, it's, it's for the reviewer. Yeah. it's re- Right? Like, unless you're... I mean, the, oh, yes. You mean about... with, the,
1: with the small sites? For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's for the reviewer.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of. You, you don't think, like, like, when I used to write little things on my blog... That wasn't for me. I liked writing it, but I wanted people to look at it.
0: Yeah, but what? who people?
1: People like anyone I could get. Anyone I could get to look at it, retweet it, tell someone else to read it.
0: But then it's still for you because your motivation is like self-promotion.
1: But it's not... I mean, yes, it is for me in terms of it being a uh, ego tool. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not for me in terms of, like, getting something out of the writing itself. It's why I stopped.
0: like, ego is the through line with all of this. It's the ego of, like, the company. It's the ego of the creator. It's the ego of the writer. It's the ego of the internet collectively. That's why we share things that everybody is working on. That's why we promote amongst ourselves and, like, across the boards without, without bothering to read about it more like how many kickstarter campaigns have come across your desk oh just just retweet this just help you know broaden the audience and 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 thank you for sharing this and then if you actually stop and you look a little closer you're like whoa wait a second i don't i don't want to i personally don't support this so like why should i use my little tiny voice on the internet to support that it's all about ego hmm. it it's just a matter of of how much you acknowledge that upfront, that that's that's driving your perspective, that's the point of view that you bring to the table, and if you can convince me that that is still worth my time, then I'm gonna respect you for being upfront with it, and I'm going to appreciate the context that you bring along with your ego. But you have to you have to say that that's part of the package.
1: Hmm.
0: Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's the full disclosure. Yeah. It's about, you know, it's about ethics oh, and Jesus. comics journalism.
0: I was so proud of you for getting almost the whole way through the hour without mentioning that.
1: <laughs> the phrase may be tainted, but there's still, there's still truth in the words.
0: There, there is, but holy <laughs> shit is the phrase tainted.
1: Um, it's too bad in a way because it it actually applies in this in this case. yeah,
0: for real, it actually <laughs> applies. yeah, huh. This is a huge conversation that people have really, really strong personal feelings about and and i I wish that there was another way to talk about it with uh like a better connection of conversations and like like I know it was hard to follow the the various threads last night and this morning. So,
1: well, I mean, it's still something that people are afraid to talk about. As many threads as there were publicly, there were just as many threads I was responding to privately as well because people did not want to get into the public debate of it. Right. You know, it's like as many people as might be saying I was wrong, there were just as many if not more of people silently agreeing with me. And I'm disappointed in all of them for not <laughs> saying so publicly. <laughs>
0: I, I do think that there was a lot of bristling about the way that you approached this conversation, though.
1: Well, it's fine. You know what? I'm happy I did it because I'm not the first one to say this. I'm not the 10th one to say this. Every time it gets brought up, it gets ignored because it's brought up, brought around with a measured level of intelligence and respect. And that gets you nowhere <laughs> on the internet.
0: But you were at times being kind of a dick. No, not really. Yes, you were. Sometimes it was a joke, but I'm telling you that sometimes people don't take it as a joke. And especially in a conversation like this that can be so heated, when you dismiss an entire classification of writing and therefore the writers themselves, that bums people out, Aaron.
1: It bums people. Fine. I understand that. And that's why we have this discussion. And obviously you can't dismiss an entire class of people. (laughs) <laughs> as much as i as many times as i've tried in my life and as much as i continue to try uh-huh. it's just not going to happen it's just not cool no but <laughs> but there's an understanding there of kind of the larger truth and and the problem and as many people who refuse to see or acknowledge it okay and i think it's important that as a community we continue to call people out on it and Hypocrisy doesn't hypocrisy and writing about comics doesn't help the community and it doesn't promote comics in a positive way.
0: I I don't disagree, but I don't agree with everything that you're saying either.
1: Well, history will vindicate me.
0: <laughs> Shut up. It's actually the reason why we do this, Aaron, is that we don't always agree
1: I regret nothing. <laughs> I am the savior of the comics industry.
0: Yeah. And there this is will be... the part be... where I just... I, like, everybody knows he's kidding, right? Like... There
1: will be an award show. They're going to rename the Eisners the Myers.
0: Oh, my goodness. Hey, um, I've got, like, three other things that I want to talk about this week. Uh, two of them are the comics that I read to talk to you about. And one of them is American Splendor. Why haven't I seen this movie until last night? <laughs>
1: I Don't know. That's a that's dredging something up from the from the past. Have yeah. you ever Have you ever read the comics?
0: No, totally not on my radar at all. I mean, you know that I mean, I'm not. But
1: you like, you were you're aware of like aware Robert of Crumb and, yes. and okay Harvey P. Yeah, I yeah. Think. No,
0: I can't. It, it's actually um, it's not accurate for me to say that it's not on my radar. Okay. Totally on my radar. Totally not in my wheelhouse. Not a huge R. Crumb fan, and so his, well, you know,
1: he just did the art. Probably and he didn't even arm. do all of the art. No, right. I don't think Americans under... They're, yeah, I don't know if it... Like, I read that stuff before I quit comics in the 90s, and I was still pretty young, and I don't remember liking it a ton, but kind of getting that it, it was very different.
0: I bet that we would both appreciate it now as adults. Yeah, no, no. Especially, I mean, because the guys from Cleveland and Cleveland and Pittsburgh, I feel like going back... And looking at it with that adult lens, like, maybe you would feel differently. And I I think that I would appreciate it now in a way that I never could have if I had bothered to check it out sooner.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. But I
0: thought the movie was darling. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really well done aesthetically. And, like, I really enjoyed the, like, layers of storytelling that were taking place. It was Mm -hmm. good. It's a good movie.
1: Yeah, and it definitely an important work regardless of whether it kind of stands the test of time. I can't say whether it does or not. It's it's one of those kind of first, it's one of the first books of the medium that was writing about real life and introspecting, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and kind of giving the, the realist sort of view.
0: Yeah. Yep. So I can check that one off of my list. Okay. Better late than never.
1: Anything else that's 20 to 25 years old you want to bring up?
0: The movie isn't 20 to 25 years old. The movie is like 11 years old.
1: No, is that, not even. Is that it? It's
0: 2006. So it's like under 10 years old.
1: Hmm.
0: Come on. I'm trying. I'm doing okay. better.
1: You're fine. That's that's great.
0: <laughs> uh, do you want to do you want to talk about comics or
1: No. It's you... been 50 minutes. People okay. are tired of listening to us.
0: Okay. Well, I feel I feel a little bad cuz cuz we I, I guess I, I set it up that we were still going to talk about comics today.
1: Well, I liked both of them. I give them both a 10 out of 10.
0: You're such an asshole.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, man, I, I feel kind of let down that we just did a meta show.
1: But this is like far from our first.
0: You're right. And we're super transparent about it, so...
1: It's 2003, by the way, for American Splendor.
0: It's not 2006.
1: No, I just said it's 2003. That's why I've been quiet because I've been looking it up.
0: You are such a dick. So that's what I said. Um, like that's when I said it was. It was like 15 years, and then I. <laughs> okay. Shut up! Don't confuse me, really. So then he he didn't die until 2010. What a bummer.
1: This whole show's been a bummer.
0: Every show with you is kind of a bummer.
1: Yeah. Well, at least we're consistent and transparent
0: you guys should read some comics since uh we didn't talk about them
1: well you know Dad. what our theme next week will be what <laughs> we could just do this show next week minus the minus the uh yakking about what makes a good comics review or not
0: we could talk about they're not like us and we could talk about gotham academy and then maybe we could add a book from next week and do sort of like a hybrid show and yeah maybe probably not but maybe probably not Yeah. Man, it's a good thing that nobody pays us. It's a good thing that we're not trying to be journalists or maintain any sort of integrity whatsoever, because we are woefully inconsistent, my friend.
1: That's fine. I don't charge anyone to download this.
0: (sighs) Right on. I don't take any money from advertisers. For real. It's good to, like, think about this shit. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. I'm like thinking about this. I hate having to try to talk to people on Twitter about it because it is very difficult.
0: <laughs> you started
1: it kiddo. <laughs> gets very confusing. Look I had I had three beers last night instead of two.
0: You told me you had four. Which is it?
1: I don't remember. It's, it's all <laughs> haze now. I think probably by the end I had four because it's like fuck I seriously just can I delete that? Is that going to turn <laughs> into something?
0: Don't drink and tweet, Aaron. No kidding. That is the lesson. Someone needs
1: to write that app. It's like you have to blow into your phone if the blood <laughs> al- alcohol level is above a certain point, it sends the draft to like a designated kind of like <coughs> reviewer.
0: Oh, that's like me. You already yeah, gave me that job.
1: You're the editor. Yep. And then you can pass it on and see if it's, you know, appropriate.
0: <laughs> can I please be the gatekeeper to all of your tweets?
1: Do you really want to be the gatekeeper to all of my no, tweets? Most of no. which are here's a here's a cool copy of Superman I bought for No, Baller.
0: Those the ones that you have on like auto post are fine. You, okay. you rarely... <laughs> It's just
1: the ones that come out of my it's brain better. <laughs> the <laughs>
0: ones that come out of your mouth like without thinking about it, mm-hmm. those are the ones that you need an editor for.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing we edit the show.
0: Exactly. Speaking of which, yeah, let's uh let's end it.
1: <laughs> Please, for the love of God. <laughs>
0: Don't forget to subscribe to your comics at your local comic shop or online, and any information that you need about us is on our site, as always, comicstherapy.com. There's not going to be a whole lot else there about this episode this week. Not much in terms of show notes, and certainly nothing about comics, because we sure as hell didn't talk about them. But check out Second Opinion Questions if you're interested in getting in on it, and uh, we will... We will see you on the internet, and we will talk to you next week.
1: Goodbye.